Good morning. We're going to change things around a little bit this morning. I didn't have a whole lot to share, but I did have something that I think is relevant to our worship time. Or can be relevant. Take your Bible and turn to Hebrews 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 14. We've talked about uh, stilling the body, quieting the soul, and receiving in the spirit. And so I want to share with you how I came to that, what the Lord showed me about this. But first, let's pray. Father, we just turn our hearts to you. Turn it away from everything else that draws us out. All of the distractions. All of the good ideas. All of the things that we deem important. We set aside and turn our heart to you. To receive what you have for us today. You've been so good to us. You've been faithful. Help us to receive that. To live in that. Live in the joy of knowing we have a Father who is madly in love with us, able to provide for us and care for us. Father, show us where we're living in fear, paralyzes us from being able to trust you. beginning of wisdom is to fear you and nothing else. Everything else only produces foolishness. So Father, show us what it means to greatly revere and respect you. But we thank you that you live in us, that you care for us, We just ask you to reveal yourself to us today that you might be honored. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, In Hebrews chapter 4, he's talking about the rest of God, R-E-S-T, finding rest. And then in verse 14, he says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Here's the interesting thing about that. He's been tempted in everything that we've been tempted with. Here's the difference. He did it and didn't sin. Everything we've been tempted with, he was tempted with. He went through it, and yet he didn't sin, which tells us it's possible then for us to go through whatever temptation we face and not sin. It's possible to do that. And he says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Come into the secret place. Let's go boldly but humbly into the secret place. 
Let's go humbly, realizing we don't have anything that warrants us being there. Boldly confident in that what God has done through Christ gives us the privilege and the right to be there. But confident in that. Don't allow condemnation to rob us of the boldness because what when we receive condemnation, what we're saying is, you weren't sufficient, God, to get me there. And he was sufficient. And so I can come without condemnation, without guilt, without shame, without all of those things that come on me to keep me from coming into his presence. Come boldly, he says. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Okay, so what do we do when we get there? What do we do when we come into this throne room? What do we do when we come into the secret place? Well, he tells us, so that we may receive mercy and grace to to help in time of need, so that we may receive mercy and grace, so that we may receive. What are we doing when we get there? What are we what are we going there for? What are we trying to get into the presence of God for? He says when you get there, go there to receive. Okay? To receive. Now let me explain something to you. We get into a lot of technicalities sometimes in trying to define mercy and grace. Mercy, we say mercy is what we didn't get when we should have got something. Grace is what we did get when we didn't deserve something. Well, that, what does that mean? Let me tell you what mercy and grace is. Mercy and grace is anything God gives you. Anything you receive from God is mercy and grace. Okay, It's not works-based. I don't get anything from God because I do good. I don't get anything from God because I keep the law. I don't do anything from God because I had a good week. Anything I receive from God is mercy and and grace. It's an expression of his mercy and it's an expression of his grace. Now, he says, when you come, when you come into that secret place, come that you might receive. Now, that's an interesting word. I want us to listen to this. This is Webster's definition of receive. Receive means to accept as authoritative, true, or accurate. Receive means to accept as authoritative, true, or accurate. It means to assimilate. It means to embrace it into my life. I come to receive from the Lord. I come to take what the Lord gives me and embrace it, assimilate it into my life. How do I live it out? How do I walk in it? How do I be obedient to it? It's assimilation like my mindset. I, when I receive something from the Lord, when the Lord gives me something, it, if I receive it, it changes my mindset. It changes how I see things. It changes how I view things. We spend so much time focused on our circumstances, but what you don't understand is as long as what I have about my circumstances, my perspective, I don't have anything. It's going to lead me to worry. It's going to lead me to fear. It's going to lead me to take matters in my own hand. Because as my perspective in this circumstance is it can't be fixed. I've got to work at it. I've got to do that. And so many times when we, rec- when we receive from the Lord, we receive it into our mindset. Oh, 
That's why that happened. That's what you were doing in there. And I began to see it differently into my life. When I receive something from the Lord, I take it and embrace it and change what I took as my perspective, what I thought a good idea was, what I thought was the right thing to do. Here's the difference between take and receive, okay? Because we get those two mixed up. And I find out that so much of what we do in our interaction with the Lord is we want to take from the Lord. Now, here's why. To take, it's an an initiative of action made from one's particular side. Here's what I mean. If I want to take this phone from PJ, I really don't know. I don't care if she wants to give it to me or not. I'm going to get it. Okay? She owes it to me. You know? I, I look, I like her when nobody else likes her. Okay? <laughs> so who took the initiative in getting the phone? I did. She didn't have anything to do with it. She might still want the phone. It doesn't matter. I take it. That's much of what we do in our relationship with the Lord. We go and try to get into the presence of God because I have something I want from God and I'm coming to take it. And that's why I study the Bible so I can find out how to make God give me what I want. And we even use scripture to do it. That's called witchcraft, by the way. It's called manipulation. God doesn't deal in that realm. You can't take anything from God. He will freely give you all things. But you can't take anything from God. To receive something, to receive means something is being given and accepted. Okay? If PJ hands me her phone, she's saying, I want you to have this. Then I receive it. I accept it. I didn't take it. I received it. Here's what we have to understand about God. In Galatians chapter I'm sorry, in Ephesians, go back to Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. That means God wants to give us things we can't even think of. He wants to give us things we can't even ask. Why would we insist on getting what we want when God has something that's even beyond what I want? Well, if I'm coming to take, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to explain to God what I want. I'm going to tell him why I want it. I'm going to tell him why nobody's giving it to me. I'm going to tell him why I can't get it. And I'm going to try to find out what verses I can use or what posture I can take to make God give me what I want. That's taking. To receive from the Father enters his presence and says, what do you have for me? Now listen, there is a place to ask. You can ask him anything. You can ask him anything. You can tell him anything. But after I get it out, a proper posture would be, what do you want? What do you have for me? This is what I'd like to have, but what do you have for me? Because ultimately, more than anything else, I want what you want. Can we say that? In our heart, can we say that? 
I want what you want more than there's anything that I want on my own. And I am willing to submit to that. And the context here in this chapter is in verse, uh, for instance, verse 9. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. The context is I come into the presence of the Lord and I come to rest. That means I lay down my agenda. I lay down my goal. I lay down my burden and release it to him for the purpose of posturing myself to receive whatever it is he has from me. To take means I have something in mind when I go in. Receive means I go in to receive whatever he has for me, to give me. When I go in with the mentality of taking, I'm going to go in and take something. Many times we leave disappointed because he didn't give us what we wanted. And that's when we quit coming to his presence. Well, if he's not going to give me what I want, I'm not going. If he'd give me what I wanted every time, I'd go back. But he's not giving me what I want, so I'm not going. We become disappointed with what we get. How many times have we let that guy get through? How many times have we wanted something so badly we could taste it? We re- I really want this. I really want this, God. And we go to God and we, we pray fervently and we pray faithfully and we pray diligently and we don't get it. But what we do get in hindsight was ten times better than what I asked for. God who can give us far beyond all we ask or think. We, that's got to be our posture about the Father. Hebrews chapter 11, verse uh, 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. He will reward me. There will be a payoff in seeking him. It may not be what I want, but it will be better than anything I came up with. And faith is one of those things that we think we're going to use to get God to do something. I have faith. Well, listen, where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing God. I hear what God wants. I believe God wants to give me what he wants, and I have faith. That's faith. Faith is not presumption. Faith is not assuming. Faith is not trying to get God to give me something because I believe so hard that he'll give it to me. Faith is what I exercise when I hear God tell me what he wants and I cooperate with him and believe that he'll do it. Some of the benefits of learning to receive Some of the benefits of entering into his presence and learning to receive, one of the benefits, listen, is physical rest. I've never seen a more tired generation. 
I mean, listen if you can stand it. Listen to the news or the TV sometimes. And listen at how fast people talk. It's like they've told this person, okay, you have 45 seconds. Get in a 1,000 words. And it just tires me out listening to them. I know they've got to be tired talking. We're a tired generation because we don't know how to rest. Rest to us when we get tired, when we get exhausted, or when we get stressed, we look for something superficial to comfort us. Sugar. That's I love eating. I like sugar. I, I know I'm going to have to lay it aside here for a while, but we're still having, the Lord and I are still having that discussion. And then that does something to our body that hypes us up, and then it crashes, and we're more tired than we were when we started. What can I find in the presence of God? He says, well, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself rested from his works, just as God did. As I learned to enter his presence to receive, I learned to rest. I learned to release stress. I learned to let it go. Because my perspective is what brought on all the stress. And somehow we think if I can just keep thinking about my perspective, the stress will go away. And then I find out more things to be stressed over as I'm thinking about it. Instead of coming to him and releasing that and saying, Father, here, it may take a while to finally let go of it. But there's a release there. There's a rest there. There's a perspective there. There's, a per- there's God's perspective is there. How he sees things. It, can you embrace the reality that maybe what you think about things isn't what God thinks about things? Maybe, just maybe, maybe once. And maybe embrace the concept that what he thinks about it is more beneficial to me than what I think about it. See, especially as young adults, we've got our life all planned out. We know exactly what we want, who we want, how we want, where we want, and we're going to get God to give us that. I'm 71. Trust me, it ain't going to happen. You will bring more stress and grief into your life because you hold on to that perspective. Instead of going to the Father and saying, you know what, this is what I'm, I want. I'm willing to lay it down and embrace your perspective of what you have for me. It brings rest. It brings peace. It brings affirmation. It gives the opportunity for God to affirm me. It gives love. It gives me an experience to accept unconditional love from the Father. We're still trying to get him to love us when he can't love us any more than he already loves us. We just have never experienced that. Because we're still trying to gain an acceptance. Here's what I want you to do this morning as we worship. Because worship is one of the wonderful times where we can come into his presence and receive. And just receive. If we let ourselves. Ask the Father this morning, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me today? You know, I got all this stuff, you know, 
COVID is scaring me to death, and you know, and I don't know how I'll deal with all that, and I got this. Just, just come to the Father and say, what do you have for me today? I've worried about this long enough. What do you have for me today? And you might be surprised what he has for us. If we learn to just receive that, if we learn to take what he's got for us, to receive what he has for us and assimilate it into our life. And what I mean by that is whenever the Lord says, I've got this for you, my response is, yes, Lord, that's what I want. Not, well, I'm not sure about that. I don't think that's what I really need or want. Okay? I want to ask you this morning. And this, is, this is what I had to share. I told Michael I wanted to do this first. As we enter into worship, that during this time we can receive from him what he has for us. So, Father, clear our agenda. Draw us to you. Bring us to that place today. All we want is what you want. That we can receive from you, from your wonderful hand, who has more to offer us than anything we could ask or think. But we bless you today for what you're going to do. And as we go before the Lord this morning, if you receive something that you can share with the body, come share. Let us know what it is.